Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wiley, and you are listening to a special episode of Sex Stories, an update from a past guest who is here today to talk about the changes in their sex and sexuality since coming out as non-binary, navigating jealousy in a recently ended polyamorous relationship, and jealousy in relation to dysphoria and how difficult that can be to express, along with the joy of being able to explore with a long-term partner and feel completely safe to try new freaky fun stuff. A 19-year-old college student navigating the struggles of early adulthood, they love animals, cartoons, cooking, and taking walks in nature with a joint, and are looking forward to traveling more soon. A switch into dom-sub dynamics, eating pussies, strap-on-play exhibition, position, which I'm going to learn about through this interview, Collars, who is learning how to play with rope, Originally from episode 202, Three-Way Switch Play and Forest Fucking, which we just learned was the top, top episode on Spotify in 2023. Welcome back, Mercedes. Thank you. It's so good to be back, Wyo. I am so happy to have you here. Start out by telling us about your shame meter today and like, has it fluctuated in the last year or so since we talked? I think my shame meter has definitely gotten lower. I think today it's like a I think like a zero. I'm feeling nice. really good. Fuck yeah. Glad to hear that. I want to start out by being like, what is oviposition? It's definitely a very niche kink. Okay, because I'm like, I feel like I should know this, but also I'm still learning new things about sex like almost every day. Okay, so have you ever heard about like alien fucking fantasies? Oh, and, yes. Like, bad dragon. Do you know what bad dragon dildos are? The big yes. like tentacles and all kinds of interesting things. And I would like to have some. Yes. Bucket list. It's in the same world of that, except for they're like the fantasy of having like eggs in your pussy or laying eggs in someone else's pussy. It's all about like being filled up and like pushing the eggs out. I found out about it through porn and so did my girlfriend. And we sort of both sort of like secretly had this fantasy in our heads. And then I don't remember which one of us just finally said like, hey, do you know what this is? And the, the other one was like, yes, 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 I know what that is. And we haven't done it yet because it's like, it's logistically challenging. <laughs> you have to get like a special hollow dildo to put them in. They're like little gelatin guys. You have to make them and get molds in order for it to be sanitary and be okay for your pussy. You make them yourself? You can make them yourself. You can also buy them. Oh, the idea of like my girlfriend making me eggs to put inside me is for some reason suddenly very hot to me. I don't know. What were yeah. you saying? Sorry. I think. If you want to look it up, or if someone listening wants to look it up, the best way is just to find some good ethical porn of it. It's something you got to visualize to like fully understand how it happens, because even explaining it, it's like not making a whole ton of sense. I mean, I've got yeah. visions in my head, and I'm really curious. Maybe I'll record when I actually go like learn what it is so that we can see my reactions, because recently I was interviewing Jenna about the rubber chicken, and it's funny because on my face you can definitely tell the moment where I realized that the rubber chicken contained a squeaky thing, and I thought it was like a funny role play up until then, so... Oh man, I love discovering that. Okay, but tell us where do you want to start? Do you want to start with non-binary stuff? Do you want to start with like overview of last year? Like how are you feeling? Where do you want this to go first? We can start with non-binary stuff because that's probably honestly the most straightforward. Strangely, (laughs) obviously gender is not straightforward, but it was a long time coming. I think I've known since I was 14, but I have always had lots of trans friends, especially trans mask friends. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like my experience was slightly different from theirs. And I didn't, this is so silly, but 
my best friend in high school came out as trans and used they them pronouns and I felt like I was sort of copying them by coming Mm. out like I wanted to make sure that it was something that was grounded in myself and not grounded in wanting to be part of the community Mm -hmm. I have done shrooms with two friends that are both trans men a couple times and every single time I have some sort of mental breakdown about gender with them Mm. and so one of my friends just starts reflexively using they, them pronouns for me without ever talking to me about it or asking me, hey, do you want me to start using they, them pronouns for me? Keep on having breakdowns about your gender when we're tripping balls, dude. And he did. And it felt so incredibly right that I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I got to just come out to everybody. And I started with close friends. So it was only a couple friends. And then I realized it was kind of awkward for only half of my loved ones to know what was going on. So I told... The half that was like maybe a little bit more complicated to know, like friends that were like cis or straight people that would be like a little bit more complicated to explain. Mm-hmm. But the people who are close to me in my life know that I love drag and I love dressing up like a man and I can be dressed very feminine sometimes and very masculine at sometimes. So I don't think it was like a super surprise to anyone. The one thing that is still challenging is navigating that I have lots of older family members like my aunts and my grandma that I love very much that I have decided that I'm never coming out to. I don't think they will understand and I think it it will affect my relationship with my aunts and my grandma because they're all sort of they're over 60. It's like a conversation that I don't understand even how to start to have Mm. and but that's also kind of hard because I'm hiding this part of myself from loved ones but I think sometimes it is beneficial to sort of compartmentalize because it could lead to just more isolation for myself. Does that make sense? Totally. I hear both sides of that because, you know, on the one hand, ease and closeness with friends and family are a thing. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, I want to be me, right? I want to be all of me and I want to feel that. Also, like, how do I tell my 85-year-old grandma and my 80-year-old aunt how do I explain to them what being non-binary is when I've only ever been their niece and their granddaughter? Right, right, right. Well, do you want to noodle on it? Because I had a funny experience that could just be an idea sparker if you want to hear it. Sure. So over the summer, I was around a bunch of family, some of which I hadn't seen in a while. And a family friend who is basically an uncle to me, I call him uncle, (laughs) not in a weird way, it sounds weird when I say it like that, who's in his 60s, (laughs) was like, Hey, Karin, are you still a she, her, or are you a they, them? And one of the other even older people who I think is in their 80s now is like, what's a they, them? And so I was like, I'm a she, her, but also it, any, like, if you want to call me, you know, like, if we're really going to get specific, call me an it, I'm a creature, I'm an alien, but she, her is fine. And then I got to sort of have this, you know, so it was outside of me, right? But I was able to explain to them to basically plant the seed about like, oh, other people are like this. And Especially for me with sex work, because I have this beautiful container where I'm like, oh, well, I recently was interviewing a sex worker who said blah, blah, blah. That's kind of how I've been saying stuff to friends and family where I don't know where they land. And by talking to them and having that conversation, sort of like a litmus test to see where they are. And then, you know, and of course, it depends on do you want to do the effort of education? And do you want to have that, you know, but that was just one that kind of like dropped in my lap. And I thought it was very, very funny, because here I was suddenly like explaining to people decades older than I was kind of like these concepts they've never heard of. Yeah. And they really were like, you know, I have no idea what their judgments were, if there were any, but it was like, huh, 
wow. You know, like it was it was really just like, oh, there's a lot these days I don't understand was kind, yeah. of, kind of the vibe from it. Which is not at all negative. Yeah. And you just never know what people are going to get. And I, I really have found that the framing of it, you know, because I did have some family members that were like, oh, full service sex workers at brothels. Like, don't they get STDs? And I was like, well, first of all, STIs, because it's the infection. Most of the time these days, we don't get to the disease. But also, no, they are tested regularly. They have actually, you know, the ones that are typically have the most problems are the cishet males, especially if they're, you know, the married ones are pretty good, but it's the other ones that, you know, they're just not getting tested as much because of the normalization and then I do So You are way more likely to get a STI from someone you're hooking up with on Tinder than a sex worker. For Sure. way more likely for sure you know way more so, likely yeah so anyway let's focus on you though how has coming out as non-binary affected your sexy self do you feel sexier less sexy is a mix like dive in wherever you want to and work in the jealousy stuff wherever you want but maybe i don't know start with the highlights i have felt more in my own skin i've realized too that there's a certain level of dysphoria that comes from having penetrative sex with cis men. That kind of sucks. That sort of like takes away from that pleasure and like taking a step back from dating and fucking cis men. I like gave it a good try. I'm definitely bisexual. Like I'm definitely attracted to men. It's not really necessarily a feeling of shame after I'm done having sex with men with penises, but it's a feeling of like, I was sort of like playing a role or performing and that wasn't like my truly full self. And so for a while I was like, okay, I will stop fucking with straight guys at least. So I'm like, I'm going to sleep with bisexual guys instead. And that was, I think, definitely better because I knew that because they're queer like I am, they knew what a drag king was, understood what a strap on was. But I was in my dick era for a while and I think I'm sort of like moving out of it. Not fully, though. But tell us about it. What's a dick era? Like, you having a dick or, like, playing with dicks? I think playing with dicks. Like, I... My body count's pretty high for someone who's 19. I had a ton of fun last year. You're curious. (laughs) Some of it was bad sex. Some of it was mediocre sex. Some of it was fantastic sex. But just sort of, like, trying all the different flavors of men, basically. (laughs) The sampler platter. And that was really cool to... One, I think bodies are beautiful and, like... Mm -hmm. understanding like the beauty in every single different type of body is really cool i think that's the benefit for sleeping with a lot of people especially as an artist is you're like all the shapes and colors (laughs) totally totally and and the textures and i'll touch it and i'll see how this one reacts and i'll see and that nipple on that one is very sensitive and that one is different over there and that one doesn't want their nipples touched okay (laughs) and balls are so fascinating yes i love them i love balls Balls are so fascinating and it's like until you get to see and touch balls if you don't have them you won't understand how like they're quite complex (laughs) yes and their textures are also different and most of the time when i'm talking to someone who has balls and i'm like do you like your balls played with most of it i would say like 80 percent of them are like I I don't know. So I'm like, there's a lot of opportunity out there, you know, and that might just be the sample size I'm attracting. But yeah, what do you like about balls? I think my favorite thing to do with balls, I had a sexual partner that was okay with me messing with his balls. Is I found out that if you lick balls, like you lick a pussy, it feels really, really good for them. So just like, if you have any experience 
eating pussy and you're missing eating pussy and you only have a partner with a dick, ask them if you can lick their balls. It's like a vegan pussy alternative. (laughs) You are the first person I have ever heard making that parallel. I love licking and sucking balls. I love them so much. You know, I don't do it with just anyone. I try to let it be a little special. Is that true? That might not be true. I don't know. I really like it. If they're there and I'm there, sometimes I just get carried away. (laughs) It's the same tongue motion, everybody. Have you gotten to like squeeze and tug on any? Because I I had a partner that was like, squeeze really tight and pull. And I was like, great. (laughs) A while ago, at the beginning of high school, I had a partner. They were like a super masochist, like I am. (laughs) And we did it during the pandemic. And it was very much like making out and like rubbing on each other in the woods because it was during the pandemic and we were kids. But I think I yanked on their balls a couple of times. That was pretty fun. But it's been a while. One, I don't think people should be defined by their genitalia, obviously, because everyone's beautiful and everyone's bodies are beautiful. But to rephrase, I'm not out of my dick era because dicks are fun and will always be fun to me. I think I'm out of my having casual sex with men that aren't going to make me come era. (laughs) Yes! What a wonderful (laughs) distinction. I love that you phrased it that way and didn't even put it to like straightness or cisness. That's so true. Yes, I... I'm in a new era where I enjoy partners who are kind, respectful, curious, and want to bring me great pleasure without, you know, yeah. who like actual pleasure, not like, did you come yet? Did I make you come? How many times did I make you come? You know, because that's kind of more like trophy-ish and icky. I don't like that as icky, much. Icky. It's a different, it's a different vibe. Oh, amazing. That's really beautiful. I also want to have a, say a PSA. Yeah. One penis policies, don't do that. If you're polyamorous, don't do that. It's weird. I had been sleeping with this guy for a long time, like five, six months. And I met my girlfriend like halfway between that. And I was sleeping with her and him. And things were fine. Until I expressed like having a crush on another one of my friends, a a man, to the guy I was sleeping with. And he Mm -hmm. really didn't like that. And I was like, one, we're not dating. We're friends with benefits. And two you're in an open relationship i'm in an open relationship and i thought we were just friends who were sleeping with each other and he kept on expressing his discomfort with that and so i was like you know what i should have had the conversation and then fucked the other guy but i fucked the other guy and then had the conversation it was like i don't fuck with one penis policies dude i slept with my friends we're over i mean you got to learn somehow, and also it sounds yeah. like you're putting your priorities actually in order, and sometimes we figure stuff out in the order we figure stuff out. Yeah, I had a very dramatic summer. Mm. That guy, we didn't use protection. Use protection, everybody! Use protection! Because he had gotten tested really recently, and I had gotten tested really recently, and we had the conversation. We were both, like, dead sober, had the conversation, was fine. He even showed me his results, and I was like, okay, cool. You're my friend. We literally went to elementary school together. We went to high school together. My mom was his music teacher, dude. Like, I know this guy well. Yeah, we're connected. I did theater with his younger sibling. Like, I know this person. Yeah. I trust them. And also, cream pies are fun, dude. I mean, cream pies are fun. Totally. But the thing is... He was had unprotected sex with another person. She lied about her STT results. Oh, damn. And she had herpes. She had herpes in her vagina. That's literally how I got herpes in my throat. But yeah. my partner, yeah. So, <gasps> so no matter how much you trust the person you're sleeping with, you can't trust the people that they're sleeping with, is what mm. I'm trying to say. As much as it can be kind of a boner killer to be like, before you have sex, be like, okay, how many people are you sleeping with? Did they get tested? 
please have that conversation, everyone. Turns out it was just really bad vaginismus that got solved with some medication and some cream, but I could have herpes right now very easily. And he could have herpes right now very easily. And we got so incredibly lucky and we don't have herpes, but no matter how much you trust your partner or your partners, you can't trust the people that you haven't met and that you haven't had that conversation with. Yes. I think that that's really wise. You know, and that, that's the thing. It's like, we can talk, we can show each other tests, but at the end of the day, it's trust building. And even the most well-intentioned trust still is subject to human error. And that there's a lot yeah. of human error in this world. Wow. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your experience of jealousy? It sounds like it was on the part of the partners. Are you having any jealousy feelings? Or maybe you want to talk about the jealousy related to dysphoria? So I was sort of like very casually dating, doing friends with benefits stuff while I was with my girlfriend. And then she met a lovely trans lady and they started dating, but more seriously and were putting labels on things that I had never put on labels with what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So it felt, even though they were doing the same things that I would do with other people, because there was a label of like, this is my other partner, we are dating instead of like, ah, oh, this is just the person I'm sleeping with other people, basically. Mm. I wanted to do things like the difference between being ethically non-monogamous, where it's like you have a partner and you guys sleep with other people and communicate about that. Whereas polyamory is like, I can have multiple distinct romantic relationships with people. Depending on who you talk to, because some everyone has their own definition. Depending on who you talk to, because it's so, it and no boundaries were really set mm. and as that relationship was starting for her several sort of like friends with benefits situations ended for me because mm. it needed to end mm -hmm. but that's unfortunate timing yeah and our communication slowly felt like it was getting worse and worse and I was getting upset about really like little things and getting irrationally jealous and it was complicated to express in the moment and it took me about a month to express it. But I think I do have a, do have some like slight bottom dysphoria mm -hmm. of like, I like my vulva. I think vulvas are cool, but during sex, I sometimes feel inadequate and in wanting to have like a real penis instead of a strap on when it comes mm -hmm. to like fucking my girlfriend. And that got a lot worse when she was sleeping with a trans woman who did in fact have a real penis penis right. and I think it's a very unique situation I felt just sort of inadequate and bad about it and the three of us had a three-way because I met her other partner and my girlfriend was really horny and I was just sort of like went along with it and mm. afterwards was like I shouldn't have done that and felt really sort of gross mm. in my skin yeah Oh, I hate those moments where that's how I realize it. Not because of that either of the people I slept with weren't beautiful or wonderful people, but the fact that I wasn't true to myself and I was trying to push past that jealousy and that uncomfortability. But also, like, pause to commend you for taking that risk, right? Because sometimes we can be scared of something and we try something we love it, and sometimes we can be scared of something we try something we don't like it, and that's when we give ourselves the confirmation of, like, I knew it, I should have known, but sometimes we don't know. You know, and, and that's a yeah. crappy way to find out. But it also sounds like you are very thoughtful and are really like giving yourself space to learn and grow. Yeah. And I also frankly felt like 
I know now that it wasn't transphobia, but I felt like I'm like, do I hate mm. trans women? Is this what's going on? I'm like, no, this is fully dysphoria and jealousy telling me that I'm bad person, that there's something broken with me. Like, and I sort of would have to go back in my head over and over again. I'm like, am I transphobic? Am I transphobic? Am I transphobic? Mm. And then ultimately just being like, no, this is very specific, unique situation. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. If you are listening to this, you are probably like me and you love sex. And you also know that fantastic sex takes more than just a boner. But if that's all that's missing in your connection with your partner, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. You know, that's my favorite. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with the awkwardness that exists because physicians are not often given great guidance about how to talk about sensitive personal things like bone or softness, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. With Blue Chew, penis owners everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. And you know I love a good package. And I have to say, am I allowed to say this? It was very hot when I had a partner who I already had a good, trusting, open relationship. He'd been working on his anxiety, cutting down on screens, meditating, he quit smoking, he started exercising regular, cutting out processed foods, all of that stuff. He was just of a certain age, and I'll just say, the night that he told me he was making his package arrive, it was a very super hot extra layer of turn-on for me personally. So if it's for you, this is a super convenient resource. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com, chew it, and do it, and we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up? Embrace your desires and find like-minded people. This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Fleur. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Fleur and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, 
Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Fleur now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Well, as I hear your stories, it is interesting because you do seem so thoughtful, and I hear the consciousness in your experience, both when you're like, this label, this non-binary label, these pronouns, are they mine, or am I kind of like stepping in here? Like, it sounds like sometimes the like common narratives that other people foist upon us, I know that I can like over-identify and be like, oh my god, am I bad and wrong? Do I hate stupid people? Do I hate this type of person or that type of person? And it's like, no, sometimes I'm just having feelings that I'm working through as I like grow yeah. into this adult human. Or, you know, yeah. I'm still adult, but like, I'm always growing. <laughs> and then the final straw for me for closing the relationship is yeah. my girlfriend has asked me, oh, like for the last month and a half, she'd be like, do you want to close the relationship? And I'd be like, no, you're having fun. Let's keep on doing this. It's fine. And now I know that was her being like, please say that you want to close the relationship. I can tell that you're miserable and it's making me miserable too. Oh, and she was trying to sort of like prompt me to. She was like, you do it, babe. You pull the record. Yeah. You end it. Because when I asked her like, well, why didn't, why didn't you just do it? And she was like, because I wanted to show you that you were being a coward and that you needed <gasps> to do this for us, for yourself. How did that land on you? I mean, it didn't feel mean because it felt okay. very truthful that it was sort of cowardly that I was just sort of like, because I would just sort of wallow and like, gosh, like there was one time where I was having a really bad day. It was our anniversary and I was at rehearsal and I was at the time sleeping with the director of the show that I was doing. But it was like, a, it was a different situation because it was very much friends with benefits like we didn't sleep with each other that often too most of the time we just like hung out went on walks but it was me and my girlfriend's anniversary and we were sleeping with different people on our anniversary and I was just like I lost my mind I was like this is not right this feels wrong and I was like even though I was with another person and that I was like having sex with another person and had that company it was like I'm so tired this feels so incredibly wrong I just can't do this anymore. Damn. And then the final, final straw was that over the weekend, I asked my girlfriend, I was like, do you know if the girl you're dating, do you know if her primary partner gets tested regularly? And do you know if that person sleeps with other people? And my girlfriend said, I don't know. And I was like, oh, no. And I was like, well, can you, let's hear, I'll text the person I'm sleeping with, even though I've already had conversations with the person I'm sleeping with about STD results, and I have it almost every single time I sleep with them, even though they're not sleeping with anyone else, and pretty sure that that side is a-okay in terms of keeping safe and healthy, because I had that conversation off the bat with them, and I was like, that was just, that was too much for me, and then my girlfriend's other partner didn't respond for a couple of days didn't oh, text man. her back and it turns out she was just sick but like i think that even if you're sick it takes five seconds to send a text about that kind of thing because it's very important wow you have definitely been navigating the difficult parts of open relationships and i do want to circle back to a word you use not to nitpick your language but to be a little bit curious about it right because that word coward to me, it has a negative connotation, even if maybe we identify with the concept of like, I was too 
afraid or hesitant or whatever it is to do it, do you feel like a coward or do you feel like a coward in that moment? Or was it maybe just like a really uncomfortable, slow discovering of your own boundaries? I think more the second option. I wanted to see if it would go away if I would move past it because feelings are temporary. Yeah, which is a brave choice. Because sometimes people are too afraid to be uncomfortable for any amount of time, right? Most of the time, feelings are temporary. And also because I have gotten to fuck around and sleep with many different people during our relationship that it didn't seem fair for me to cut it off really quickly. I wanted my girlfriend to have that experience. I think getting to sleep with all different types of people is very cool. And like definitely part of being in college and being a young person is getting to dip your toes in all the beautiful waters. Yeah. So that was also definitely a huge factor of like, I'm wanting her to have this experience because I got to have this experience and I think it's cool. Yeah. So is it useful to say like maybe how you have taken care of yourself or found time for yourself in this time? Because this is a recent closing of the relationship. I talked to my therapist about it. That was really helpful. I'm lucky that I go to a college that provides therapy as part of tuition if you sign up for it. That's amazing. Not a ton of sessions. It's like 10 sessions per student, but it's still very cool. That's something. It's something. It's a good start. She's going to help me find a therapist outside of it, which is really cool. And I've been letting myself cry and feel all the sort of feelings that I didn't let myself feel. And sort of like pushed down because I was worried that I was being hypocritical or being cowardly or unfair and letting myself say like, no, it's okay that you need security and that you need safety in this point of your life. Yeah. And you will always have the little voice in your back of your head that you might get something from having sex with your girlfriend. It's okay to want to have a period in your life where you're not having to get tested often because- I think no matter how many times, I've gotten tested probably a couple dozen times. I do it about once a month just to be safe, more if I'm sleeping with more people. I'm a young person, but I started sleeping with people fairly young, sleeping with different people at the same time, pretty young too. So I'm just exhausted. I'm exhausted with the testing and the STD scares and not knowing who everyone's sleeping with and not feeling in control of my health and my body and just sort of having to trust that everyone else who I'm sort of connected to in the web of sex (laughs) is also taking care of themselves. I'm just so done. I've been doing it since I was, the first time I got tested, I was 16 years old. I found out my partner was having unprotected sex. I think that's one, a unique experience and also something that I just need to be done with for, Mm. for a couple of months, for a couple of years. Yeah. Take a break. For as long as I need to just calm down a little bit and I need that safety. The inner child in me needs that safety for a while. Yeah. Also, just to offer this to people, this is not the experience of most people for testing. But since I personally am just a little bit of a masochist, every time they give me that needle, I'm like, hmm. Oh, I like the needle. (laughs) The needle doesn't bother me. (laughs) Okay. So it really is the emotional aspect. It's the act of getting tested doesn't bother me at all. I do not mind sticking that swab up my pussy. I don't mind getting my blood drawn. I actually, like, I think most of the time I, like, have a lovely conversation with whatever nurse is drawing my blood. That doesn't bother me. The act of getting tested doesn't bother me. It's the waiting for the results. Okay. And it's the, not even, okay, not even waiting for my own results. It's the constantly having to 
be the one who's having the conversation about like, hey, do you get tested? Can I see your results? When's the right. last time you got tested? What other right. partners do you have? Most of the time, it's me having to have that conversation, having to educate people because mm-hmm. I've been doing this for three years now yeah. and I'm still pretty young. The fa- yeah. Like, it also, the woman that my girlfriend was sleeping with is older than us by three years and has been polyamorous longer than my girlfriend has and still was that uneducated and unaware of the importance of like communicating about testing which made me if she had been the same age as us I don't think I would have gotten that mad but the fact that she's slightly our elder and has been doing this longer than my girlfriend yeah was like fuck no fuck no man I feel you. I so feel you. So that is the number one reason why I'm a whole lot more likely to hook up with sexual professionals than, say, a swinger couple, because I have found, and this is this is a broad generalization, I have also met many, many partners who engage in polyamorous open relationships who have wonderful communication, health and safety practices, and for me, there's nothing hotter than someone, like, initiating all of that. Very, very hot. But, like, I feel you on the resentment around, or rather, I'm projecting my own resentment around, like, the dumbness of my partner's partners. Like, when there's a metamor I can't stand, that is kind of, like, borderline immediate deal breaker. So, here's a question. How has it been for you to be in a now-closed relationship? Like, do you feel fettered at all? I I hear that there's a need for safety that's being met, but, like... I know it's recent, but has there been enough time for you to even think about like, oh, what if I do want someone else? Or is it an ongoing conversation? We immediately, after we closed it, we had the conversation that even though we are closed now, we may not be closed forever, but that in the future, it's going to be, my girlfriend was also very stressed out about her being slow to respond about STDs. Yeah. Or SDI, excuse me. That if we do decide to sleep with people in the future, we got to see those results And we got to see their partner's results. And if everybody not connected is not willing to show results, then that's just not going to happen because we had a herpes scare. I had a herpes scare that was, I thought I had covered all the bases. He saw my results. I saw his results. But you never know when someone's going to lie about something. So you've got to be able to physically see it with your own eyes, which it's pretty strict, but I need it. Yeah, no, yeah. I I'm I'm there with with you for that. Also, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily know about how all the STIs work, right? People don't understand that HPV penis owners are never tested for it. It can still cause oral cancer, it can still cause anal cancer. Like there is yeah. always a risk when you're doing skin to skin contact. So I'm glad that you don't have herpes. It's extremely uncomfortable and I start all my STI conversations by being like so do you get cold sores? And then, you know, kind of like making that my little entry point into everything else. I like how you've been starting. Is it you say clear instead of clean? I like that, too, because there's nothing dirty about having an SDI, but it can be avoided if people are better about taking care of their own health. And also because it's something that's it keeps on happening. The reason why I don't know, because illnesses and stuff can go extinct either because of vaccination or because they stop getting transmitted. Like we don't really worry about polio anymore, for instance, but like if people are better about testing and better about communication with their partner, then like less and less people will have to have that as an extra burden that they have to like live with. 
Yes, I think that's a fair point. And also what I do want to remind people is that there are strains of gonorrhea that are becoming increasingly resistant to antibiotics. I think also chlamydia. And so that is much scarier. And so I know that there are people who have kind of the mentality of like, I'll deal with it. Like I have a high risk tolerance. I don't mind if I get the drip. And it's like, I hear you. And also that does eventually end up affecting public health and stuff evolves, right? So it's always evolving, not not to scare people, but just to say like there are ways to play more risk aware. And like you said, conversations is part of it. And I get it. I love I love bear things. I too love a good cream pie. But <laughs> at the same yeah. time, it's like... Cream pie safely, everyone. <laughs> Do you want to tell us about some of the fun stuff that you've been enjoying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what have you been getting up to, you wild thing? <laughs> First of all, my girlfriend likes reading like smut. And I am... I have small brain. I like picture video very nice. I like watching picture video porn. That's the dude part <laughs> of you. I, yes, exactly. <laughs> I do. just want to see some titties, some titties, man. But she's an intellectual <laughs> and loves reading smut. And so we've been reading smut together. And also just like showing each other like weird stuff that we found. Because there's some stuff that like, Maybe, like, we haven't necessarily gotten off to what we've just found in a corner of the the internet that we're like, this is really funny. I gotta show this to you. Like, God. Like, the ways that they describe penises and smut are so, so funny. Like, the worst one my girlfriend's ever found is calling it a princess wand. Oh, my gosh. Is that the worst? I don't know. I'll take a princess wand. I would like to have a whole line of princess wands, and then I want to walk on Maybe like, but it's just like, that's just like, just funny stuff. That's not only like, sometimes it's sexy. If it's well written, it's like sexy. For sure. Are you like reading it to each other? And is it mostly you're finding it online? That's so cute. Yeah, we're reading it out loud. Yeah. Are you mostly the reader or the listener? Do you take turns? She mostly reads. We'll take turns though. Like usually I'll be like, here's this like video that I saw that is either funny or sexy. (laughs) I love that. Because the internet is... It's a wild, wild best out there, especially in terms of porn and smut. Oh, very quickly, I want to plug Balesa. They have ethical free porn if you are a broke college student like me. And yeah, it's a woman-created company. They also got sex toys and they got discounts on it. Balesa. If you have the means to, it's always good to, you know, support people on OnlyFans, support sex workers, pay for paid porn. But if you're like really, really broke and you want to ethically consume porn, that's a pretty good site. Yeah. And then when you have a little windfall, you can always tip them in some way, shape or form. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. Or I you can yeah, buy yourself a vibrator. <laughs> yeah. So when you're having these like smut sessions, does that typically lead into like physical play between you two? Or is it just like, yeah. yeah? Okay. Yeah, usually. If it's the sexy kind and not the goofy kind, yeah. We did it once over the phone and that was that was fun. And we were both like touching ourselves while the read aloud was happening. And that was pretty cool. I'm thinking about princess wands now. I just, it's in my head. Okay, what were you saying? <laughs> we discovered something really cool the other night. I have these really comfortable red boxers and a it's i'll just show it to you i'll describe it okay so we've got like a rabbit style dildo is it pink or red it's like pinkish and this part i'm seeing ridges yeah this part thrusts too which is really cool so the shaft of the rabbit part is like thrusty okay got it Ooh. you can put it through the hole of the boxers and then you have a little tiny vibrating dick that sticks out from the boxers that one of us can ride 
hot. So it's like the closest that we've gotten as two AFAB people to have like penetrative sex is pleasurable for both of us. Which are th- that's kind of like even if I don't have a vibrator in, I still really like fucking her with a strap on just because it's one very gender euphoric and also two it's really hot and like I can get off just to the idea of it even if there's not anything like physically. Yeah. I mean, there's the rubbing, but if I like, I don't necessarily need the vibration, but it's really fun. Okay. So on your bucket list, would you want to like fuck with a double-ended dildo? Yes, I think that would be fun. I really want to do that. Mostly just like the logistics of it. I think the harness I have right now, I got originally to peg a guy. It's a harness that's basically like all you need if you're just pegging someone with a like perfect little like butt-sized dildo Love. for like beginning butt play. I've actually only used it to like just have strap-on sex with people with vaginas or vulvas, excuse me. I need to get out of the habit of saying vaginas. It's a vulva or a pussy. Well, it's all of it. Also, I recently had a partner that loved the word vagina. And so it was so interesting during sex to be like, you're in my vagina. And I made sure to be very accurate with it. But it's, you know, that was a moment where I was like, ah, all types and stripes. (laughs) I guess if I'm saying I'm fucking, yeah, I am fucking the vagina. The whole thing is the vulva. Yeah, Yeah, but if you were rubbing it on the the outside, you'd be teasing the vulva. Yeah pleasuring yeah exactly words are so fun um basically what i was trying to say and then i got off a tangent is the hardest we have right now it's it sucks it really sucks we need to get a new one (laughs) okay it's a good trainer harness but we're in the major leagues now and gonna get a new one soon something that also has been super hot is not only fucking people with the strap on is like teaching people how to fuck me with the strap on has also been really hot like with my girlfriend and with someone that I was in a friends with benefits situation, I taught both of them how to fuck, how to thrust, how to angle your hips, how to like make sure it stays in. And that was really hot to like watch them be like, oh, 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 having a penis is fun. That's amazing. Was that for me, anything with kind of like a teaching role is typically how I enjoy my dominant parts a little more like i'm like oh 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 you need a tour guide here we go here we go here i'll tell you everything i know you know if it's something that i know about does that play into dynamic stuff for you at all or is it like a totally separate vibe i think it's definitely a power dynamic even if i'm getting fucked if i'm teaching you how to fuck me i'm still the top you're still in top space because you're teaching yeah i was actually just having this conversation with a lover we got into details about a threesome and i was like "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa i hear you and we gotta move slow. We're just getting to know each other. I do love a double penetration. If you're new to it, if she's new to it, and I'm like facilitating, receiving, and teaching, we gotta slow down here. Like we gotta slow down and like you know yeah. do some lessons first. And like if I'm in top space, everything is possible. So what is it like for you? It's definitely I'm a switch, but it's definitely it's easier for me to be in sort of the soft dom top space of like wanting to like take care of my partner i often will get distracted and like we'll just spend like 15 minutes eating her pussy because i like it so much (laughs) i just can't it's really comfy down there and i get to lay on my we got a the bed that i moved up with is a twin bed and it's tiny and it sucks and it's got a giant chunky ikea bed frame and i didn't want it but my dad sent me up with it anyway and now we finally have permission to sell it from my parents but We are tired of sleeping in a twin bed and having sex in a twin bed. It's just, it's not fun. I'm 
five, six-ish, and she's about an inch taller than me. And even though we're both not super tall, we're still tall enough that, like, both of us sleeping in a twin bed's not, like, comfortable. I definitely remember the college days of twin beds, and you can make it work, but it's squished. Yeah, like, having sex is definitely, it's really mostly the sleeping that makes it really bad on a twin bed. Like, you can squish in for sex, but, like... I snore, she moves around at, at night. It's just, it's not fun. So we bought a full-size mattress together off Amazon. Yeah. And it's like the biggest, like, romantic purchase I've ever made. And it felt like very adult. And yeah. the mattress wasn't super expensive. I'm actually sitting on that mattress right now. And it's so much more fun to have sex with this mattress because she can be up at the top of the bed with her legs open and I can be, like, lying fully straight and sometimes I'll, like, kick my trash can accidentally. But, like, I can be fully lying down. She can be fully lying down perpendicular to the bed. And there's still – we have enough room, which is really nice. I love that. What are you looking forward to next in your life? Like, you're in this kind of, like, relatively new era of temporary, at least, closedness. But, like, sex-wise, what else do you want to get into that you haven't yet? Or even new layers, new spirals, what's sparking for you? We keep on saying that we're going to have car sex. Like, we were going to do it last night, but it was too cold, and I had to do a class presentation on, like, climate change and nature. And, like, after listening to a bunch of poems and plays about climate change and the nature and people's relationship to nature and their trauma, it's just, like, not the mood to go have car sex. It was a oh. wonderful presentation, but it's just, like, not a turn on. like, yeah, not tonight, not tonight, <laughs> man. <laughs> Eventually having car sex, because I've had car sex before, but it's always just been like me riding a dude, which is fun, but I've never had lesbian car sex, which is probably definitely going to be more logistically challenging. Depends on what you do. I'm always a big fan, too, of the one person reach over, you know, like, I mean, safety first, parked cars are great, but, you know, if you're on a long stretch with a safe driver and cruise control, then I've definitely been known to reach reach across the yeah. aisle yeah. <laughs> she rode my pussy in a wendy's drive through line once that was pretty funny over my pants <laughs> but that was kind of hot that was kind of hot the drive through was long and we weren't going anywhere for a bit the car was stopped and she was in the driver's seat because i can't drive and i was sitting shotgun and she was just sort of like rubbing over my jeans and that was definitely so hot. hot i'd have moments of like oh this feels nice and i was like we're in a wendy's drive um, so doing yeah. that more ceremoniously, like maybe like in a beautiful, like ideally in a like remote location. There's lots of like remote beaches and parks and stuff in the city that I live in, and okay. it gets pretty dark at night. So there would be a way to do it without other people being aware of it, because I don't want anyone to unconsensually like walk up to us like having sex, because that's of not course. fair to them, and that's kind of icky and bad, and it would ruin the mood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, be aware of who's around your car. Also, though, if they're walking up to your car at night, they kind of have to do a, you know, hands to the window to look in. So that's them being creepy, which is a different issue. Yeah, exactly. And then we found a comprehensive list of kinks the other day. Because I was like, now that we're close, we just got to have kinky sex, I guess. And she was like, yeah, definitely. (gasps) Um, Just like things interesting. And a lot of them were like stuff that were definitely red. Like, I do not want to do that. But there's some like ones that are like either just sort of like will be either really fun to try or just like neither of us have any like particular aversion to it. Like there was one where I was like having sex with a robot kink and I thought we're both actors and I'm like, (laughs) okay, robot kink is coming up. 
this is coming up synchronistically for me. So I'm like, damn, I think it might be in my future. You're you're the second person in two days to mention Robot King to me. And it's been on my bucket list and radar. Okay, okay, wow. But I hear you. Me and my girlfriend are both actors. So like, it'll either be goofy or it'll be sexy. Like in either way, it's a positive experience. There's so many subtypes of robot fetish stuff too. Yeah. So it's like you can take yeah. inspiration from yeah. many places. And then she just thinks this might be uncomfortable, but I think it would be funny. There's like a kink about being like claustrophobic and I have mm-hmm. a tiny closet in my room. I was like, what if we both just like sat next to each other in our closet in the closet yeah. and touched ourselves? <laughs> like, cause why not? Again, cause it could either be goofy or sexy. Like there's like, yeah. nobody gets hurt. Nobody really loses anything. I love that idea. Like having a body pressed up against me in a tiny space. And I'm like, ooh, maybe my fingers will find us somewhere. (laughs) Exactly. And then this one is probably the most logistically challenging. And I think slightly out of our comfort zones. But it's like a sort of like break-in fantasy. My roommates and I, we don't lock our doors. We live in a safe neighborhood. We probably should lock our doors, but we just don't. So my girlfriend would say like, not give me an exact time when she's coming by. She doesn't feel comfortable just sort of like randomly breaking in. She wants to give me like a window of when she's coming at least, but like not sort of really knowing when she's coming and like pretending to be asleep. And then she comes in uh, and things progress. I love that. I mean, does it count as breaking in if your door is unlocked? But also I've had that same fantasy about like one of my lovers, like giving him the code to my lockbox and being like, just come over anytime. Damn. I love that. I love that. I'm definitely more into that one than she is, but because mostly I think she's just like worried about the logistics of it. And I'm like, I don't care. Come in randomly and fuck me, please. (laughs) You can warn a roommate that that's happening at some point. She's over here all the time. They would just be like, oh, hi, girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Is there anything else you feel like we need to know for this year's update? That's me hoping you'll come back at some point. (laughs) I would love to come back. I... I'm starting to seriously consider I have so much like energy and passion around sex and I'm such a nerd. I've done so much research about sex work and religiously listen to this podcast and always sort of been fascinated by sex and sexuality that I made a decision for myself that I'm going to make myself wait till I'm 25. But I st- if I still want to when I'm 25, I'm going to consider being a sex worker because Ooh. I think it would be very fun and I think it would be energetically awesome for me because I hate working food service. I hate office jobs. Like my ideal jobs are either like out in the forest, taking care of a river or like doming someone in a dungeon. Like those are the two, but giving myself some more time to grow up and really figure out, is this the road that you want to take? But I've had this like secret fantasy of like training in a dungeon and being part of that lovely world of sex and sexuality for a while, but I'm 19 years old and it will affect the rest of my life if I decide to choose this path. But yes, it will. Yes, it will. The more I the more I pursue like traditional college, the more I'm like, this is so boring. Well, <laughs> this and is also so it's, boring. it's not mutually exclusive, right? Like you can be in a forest, you can have college, you can become a sex worker, you can stop being a sex worker. And I mean, I will just say in six years from now, I will have a fuck ton even more research on the hierarchy. If there's something in particular you want to know about, I'll focus on it. And I've got a lot of data that I am figuring yeah. out how to organize and share. And, you know, maybe the more of us that are out there being like, yeah, actually, sex work's pretty fucking cool. And also, like, if everyone in this world were honest about the amount of sex work that they do and or have paid for, 
the stigma wouldn't exist, right? But, you know, even I am still figuring out what to share at what rate because there still are, like, certain types of safety concerns. And I think it's so, so wise that you're waiting. And it's funny because I'm on the other side, right? I'm like, oh, my God, I was in my 30s before I realized this was the obvious choice for me. You know, it was only through stumbling into sex stories when I was like, wait a second, am I a sex worker? So I think that's great. I'm here for it. What kind of sex worker? You said Dom, but, like, is that what you're thinking mostly? I think that's definitely the one that's the most in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I would want to first, obviously, like, earn my way, you know, try to find a dungeon that needs even someone to mop the floors or something, like, just to be in that space. All of it. We've got to find our mentors. And then, obviously, getting, get, like, training and stuff. Also, maybe not even, like, sex work where I'm doing hands-on work, but I have always been the person that people go and tell me either really important traumatic things that they need to process with someone or fun things that they're dipping their toe into that they want to learn more about or like the amount of time someone's come up to me and be like mercedes how do lesbians have sex and i'm like one how do you not know that king we have the internet and two (laughs) let me tell you (laughs) well there's the learning and the reading and then there's like the hearing it from an actual person it's probably better just to talk about it then because how i learned was mostly through porn and not of not all of it was the right kind of learning well so that's i mean this is where i'm trying to figure out my next steps but i'm like i just want to get brave enough to tell everyone that i actually do want to like touch them and interview them at the same time you know so i'm trying to figure out how to approach my i've started to tell my friends who actually work in porn who might be down for that and it's so funny. You should totally I, do it. That's what I, I mean, that's what I want to do when I'm, I want to actually, like, I'm like, but first I should watch all of Nina Hartley's content because she did, you know, some version of edgy porn. And I, I know that there are many other people doing erotic stuff, but I'm like, my version's also different. And also I have, well, anyway, I'm figuring out the level of research to engage oh, in. Oh, there's a really cool thing on Balesa where you have to pay to see the full video. So it just yeah. shows the interviews, but it's porn stars that have maybe like worked with another porn star and really enjoyed it and felt a connection. And they're choosing to like, be like, I thought she was really cute. She made me come a lot. We had a wonderful conversation afterwards but i haven't got to work with her in a year i want to see i want to have sex with her again and i want to have the connection so it's in like an interview of the people who are going to be in the scene together and like watching them like the jitters and the nervous and like talking to each other about boundaries and like how they're doing that day I like i love that thank you for telling us about that that's exactly what i want to watch it's the best kind because you're like one you're like I'm 100% sure that the performers are consenting in this because I'm watching them have a conversation about how excited they... Well, like, you can never be 100% sure, but on a, like, a paid site, like, Balesa... You can never be 100% sure. That's true. These are intros to paid videos on a ethical porn site. You're, like, 99.9% sure that they're both very into this. And it's hot, like, because I'm only seeing the intros because I'm too broke to watch the whole video. For now. For now, I'll see how much it actually is to subscribe because it might be worth it just to like learn more. And also, it's hot as hell. But it's cool just watching them talk to each other and be excited to have sex with each other. Damn. Ethical porn is awesome. Ethical porn is awesome. Education is awesome. Following your curiosity is awesome. And being willing to explore and being willing to let stuff be uncomfortable is really awesome. So Mercedes, thank you so much for coming back and sharing your sex stories updates. Thank you so much, Wyo. Lovely humans. Thank you for listening. If you appreciate the work that I put into this podcast, I would love it if you took the time to leave us five stars and a nice review wherever you get your podcast, especially Spotify. 
since last year's troll attack on our ratings is still affecting our ability to be found via search. <laughs> I do love getting to know you and hearing your stories and meeting you lovely humans in real life. And remember, if you want to collaborate, apply to be a guest or leave us a single story voice memo via xstoriespodcast.com or sexstoriespodcast.com. Sex stories are always going to be my favorite, but now I also have question lists for love, friendship, dating, relationships, marriage, divorce, secrets, and so much more so that we can learn about connection through each other's experiences. I fucking love getting your emails and voice memos and receiving thoughtful noodle messages. It truly is hearing from you that fuels this work for me. And if you want to go deeper with me, get to know me, and support this podcast in meaningful, concrete ways, Find me on Patreon, OnlyFans, FetLife, Venmo, Cash App, and all social media platforms at Wiley, or work with me privately for photo and video shoots, relationship support, creative breakthrough sessions, and retreats. Wiley.com slash links is where you can find the list of all the ways to play with me, and the link is in the description below. Thank you for joining me to spread ripples of love, to co-create a world where taking care of each other is the norm. Thank you for spoiling and inspiring me with your stories and your support. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember to share stories in the name of lovely human connection.